When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. I know too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, even though I haven't been talking about it for an hour every week for the past however many months. You've been uh, thinking with me, about it, though. Yeah, I've been thinking about it nonstop. Uh, that voice you're hearing, <laughs> who's Hi. been who's with me, as always, is someone who has felt free from the restraints of having to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame every week, it's Kristen Studdard. Hi, Kristen. Hi. Yeah, gosh, I have not dedicated many thoughts, many moments to the Rock Hall, like at all. But But, here I am. Yeah, and we're back. We obviously were on a hiatus, but we have hit the point where the... 2020 induction ceremony or special or whatever you want to call it the long delayed event is around the corner we've got less than two months until whatever that thing is and we thought it would be appropriate to get back into talking about the hall and specifically revisiting the artists and just leading up to this hbo special now have there been any ads for the special has have there been any no promotions no promos really it's still it's been quiet on that front as much as it had been when they decided to not have a ceremony there's been no pretty much no news and is there like a landing page somewhere assuring us that this is happening in (laughs) november i can just see us getting here and then like Mm -hmm. yeah bait and switch again yeah um that to me i also i don't think so uh we're just kind of going off of their word was there a press release or something Mm -hmm. there was definitely a a, yeah press release and an announcement and that's all we really have to go off of there was an interview or two with some people who were were involved with the hall and i know that it had been stressed that this was not just going to be a lame like zoom grainy people thanking from their laptop camera i think they're well, now that now that the you know rnc has shown us what's possible uh, <laughs> well seriously though the the vmas kind of showed what you could do with an award ceremony oh yeah i've seen out tbh i have seen only pictures from the vmas and they all seem to be like red carpet pictures i guess i saw a picture of lady gaga at the microphone wearing a mask yeah so the the major uh, i have not seen the vmas but the major kind of tent pole was that lady gaga performed with ariana grande in the same space wearing oh. masks with other like dancers and like it was a production they put on a production on a stage was there 
like plexiglass between them or this was it was i mean they were I, i'm assuming tested and then mm -hmm. masked up just for uh, precautions and all the dancers were also masked mm -hmm. yeah it's so interesting because singing is the most dangerous <laughs> way to spread all. Yeah, <laughs> the no, super truly. spreader event of like that's what they because it was like that um choir rehearsal that became that super spreader event right at the beginning of the pandemic and it was like a lot of people got sick from that one event because you are uh really pushing out particles yeah, you're <laughs> from expectorating the you're really giving it your all so interesting i didn't realize that there had been a live performance yeah and uh Lady Gaga almost had like a a weird I mean obviously she's going to go all out with the visuals but she had almost like a gas mask type thing that had like a mouth at the end of it uh, you know cuz she's not going to yeah just wear gonna, a mask she's not going to just wear a mask she's going to give it her all good for her but we are seeing a return like if you look at the late night shows we're seeing a return to studio recordings you know, like the Tonight Show is re recording from the studio, even if there isn't an audience and it's like very low personnel count. So we're getting to a point with live events and I know the Emmys are coming up and they are going, I have heard that they are going to do it at like the Staples Center still or whatever, wherever, LA Live or wherever they do it. And it's just going to be, I think maybe people are gonna be set up in stations. I don't know how they're going to do it, but that's all rumors. But it's so wild to try to run a live event just because you need also like production crew. You know, it's not just mm -hmm. the people that we're seeing on camera or yeah. on screen. You know, it's like a whole production and also the planning. And I mean, it's just wild. Yeah. They are also, though, afforded the opportunity to really control it because it's not going to be live this is all going to be pre-filmed and carefully done and curated and edited it, that will all be done who knows how much longer prior to the event itself do you think they'll know who won beforehand before it airs and like they have to keep to themselves oh, for, like, they were for like for like the emmys yeah i meant i was if you can believe it i was actually talking about the rock hall uh, <laughs> oh on this show okay yeah. sure 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 yeah, yeah i yeah. guess you could also talk about the rock hall if you mm -hmm. wanted to i i mean personally i thought we were doing an emmys uh special one but because yeah the emmys might actually be live but the with the rock hall i get the idea that they will be doing everything in parts for weeks oh yeah to the but i i am curious if they'll be able to or if they'll want to structure it somewhat like a traditional ceremony, or if they will try to take the form that we're working with and do something new. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really, those, those, you know, Titans of innovation, the rock and roll hall of fame. I, I don't <laughs> necessarily, I'm not banking on that. I'm curious too, you know, the kind of the thing about a live event is that you can surprise the audience. You know, it's kind of mm -hmm. that thing where you can feel it. And it's like when you have a special guest, it's like when um, Don Henley came out. For Stevie uh, Nicks's performance at the last ceremony. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't know it was going to happen. And then there he was. And that was cool. 
I wonder if that will have the same type of effect, those kind of surprises, or I wonder if they'll need to tell us who, who's on it to get us to watch. Right. Because the way it works typically in terms of drumming up publicity for these ceremonies is they always say who the presenters are ahead of time, who's going to be performing, because that's what draws people to the event. That's supposed to be the built-in advertising, right? Mm-hmm. That Harry Styles is going to be inducting Stevie Nicks, for example. And that will hopefully help. You know, Styles it. Hive activate. Here we go. I mean, yeah, if, there, if there's ever a hive, yeah. For sure. So I, I would imagine that they, they must announce some stuff, but there can be a lot of surprises because you could also put together an induction speech, you know, the one like you would have, like Harry Styles doing Stevie Nicks, but you could do one and it could be produced so that it jumps from five different people giving an induction speech. Oh. You know, with the with the form, you can do things like that, which I think is interesting. And I would like to see some of that given the, you know, the restraints of a live show are no longer uh, limiting what can happen. I also, you know, I thinking back on it, I'm remembering some of the insider information that we got kind of, you know, off, off mic. And I'm curious about, you know, if any of the guests that they were trying to get are going to be able to come through now that they don't have to leave their homes mm-hmm. or now that tours are canceled and things like that. You know, the conflicts are probably have gone way down, probably a lot less conflicts from people. Yeah. Well, yeah. In, they really just have to say, I hate the hall. <laughs> I know. Right. Cause in <laughs> general, there's a, there's a lot of hurdles of like, <laughs> I want one, I don't want to go to Cleveland. Cleveland. It seems like yeah. a hassle or, you know, two, it's like, I have to promote my album. I have an album coming out. Unfortunately, I can't be there. Or touring schedules uh, is the big one. Well, I think an even bigger one is a symphony that I'm loosely involved with is premiering <laughs> later that week in Paris. And let's not forget that that is an ironclad excuse. And it stands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, we call that the Tom York uh, a Tom excuse. York, a Tom York special. Yeah. But I, I guess, yeah, I'm I'm curious about if if this will in some way make it a lot better than it would have been. At the very least, you have to imagine that they will lean on or beef up the packages, right? Because that was already... And also, okay, now I'm thinking about it too. I didn't really watch much of either of the political conventions, but I saw some of the highlights, especially from the DNC, and I listened to some you know, punditry about it. I listened to some commentary. Thank you. Yeah. I listened to some commentary about it and something that was really that helped the DNC be a much better event this year was it was shorter. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden's acceptance speech was like 28 minutes and like Hillary Clinton's had been almost an hour because you don't have the truly captive audience they can't get away with that stuff having a longer speech and things like that so hopefully they'll cut that down and also um the uh networks weren't cutting away as much they were like covering the whole thing and i wonder if that's going to be if there's going to be more people who watch maybe the whole thing as well rather than kind of take it a la carte the way that i would have done in the past Mm -hmm. Um, also, if they can get some really good, the problem, one of the things that we will, wow, I, I just am right back in it. I have like thoughts, Hell yeah! which is, I, I hate this. 
The Welcome problem, back. I can't believe Welcome how back. quickly I was like, well, if you really think about it, oh, gross. But if you really think about it, one of the things that we'll be missing from this ceremony is definitely going to be the jam mm-hmm. or the the mashup thing where two bands play together. I'm trying to think of one time that's happened before, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, the it was a long time ago, but I bring this up every once in a while that the guy who wrote Black Magic Woman uh, was in Fleetwood Mac. And then obviously Santana covered it years later and made it a hit. But those two bands were inducted the same year and he sat in with Santana when they played it, which was like a cool moment, like a full circle moment. Yeah. Yeah. And like there just have been a lot of stuff like that. You're going to really I'm I'm curious about, you know, like what bands are quarantining together. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. Like, can we get a Depeche Mode performance? Can those guys, even if they're not quarantining together, can they be in the same room, though, even Mm -hmm. in wearing masks and performing together? Yeah, I'm curious. I don't know. Maybe they'll just have, they'll do it like Jimmy Fallon style and they'll put a, you know, seven, you know, Brady Bunch Zoom zoom boxes like on the screen. I bet at least one of them will be Brady Bunch style. I bet at least one is going to be like the roots in each box playing a different children's instrument. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I, but I would guess that that may be true, but I would guess obviously that the producers would try to push for not that if they can because I know that the Doobie Brothers did like early on in quarantine released listen to the music with them kind of doing that yeah maybe they'll just rerun it <laughs> yeah just rerun it they already got it in just the bank rerun it. it's in the can baby come on it was also filmed at a different time when we didn't know just how long this would go mm-hmm. on for yeah if someone was doing a Brady Bunch style one let's say it's the doobie brothers but then they have like a surprise square come through the middle like who's the alice who's this isn't alice the last one to come through in the squares on the i think bunch? so i think uh, she is yeah who's the special guest that comes through at the end of the doobie brothers doing their brady bunch style screen i think they're doing black water and then you get someone like the art, artist formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, now known as the Chicks, showing up in the middle. Because you could get that. I think oh, that could be cool. Black Blackwater is one of those songs that you can incorporate a lot of different t- types of artists, right? Mm-hmm. Namely, country artists. Yeah. Oh, that would be very cool. That would be cool. In the middle, just Natalie Maines just kind of like takes over the screen for a second. Everyone's like, oh. And then, booyah, there's the chicks right in the middle. Because it also, Blackwater ends in a round? In a round, yes. So that, Which you, know. you, don't, you don't all need to be synced up. For <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> uh, It is going to be embarrassing how many uh, AirPods we're going to see in people's ears. <laughs> so it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, like someone like Trent Reznor could perform entirely by himself, which could be cool i know that obviously nine inch nails i mean the computer would have to be there (laughs) let's not okay diminish the role of the computer but yeah he could do that oh that's right nine inch nails are getting inducted do you want to try to remember everybody's being inducted (laughs) yes well when we when we talked the other day i think that i remembered them when we decided to come back okay Nine, nine inch nails 
and also you already you I mentioned it, it because yeah. you mentioned the Doobie Brothers already, yeah, and so those are those. those are two that I would have forgotten. Mm-hmm. And I already the Doobie I, Brothers would have been the last one, and then Whitney and Biggie, and then it's not Todd Rundgren. T Rex. Good. That's five. That is there another one? One that I have mentioned already. Oh, Depeche Mode. Yes. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Do you remember who's being inducted in the non-performer category? A bunch of managers. John Landau. Yes. And Martin. Nope. Mark. <laughs> nope. Matt. Does not start with M. Not Mike then, I guess. Uh, John Landau. With, we, you said John Landau. Yeah. He's only getting inducted once. Uh, it's going to be another guy. And... It is another man. His name. Oh, Go ahead. wait. Uh, no, that guy's already in. Well, who? do you know? Do you know who John Landau is the manager of? Bruce Springsteen. Yes, and he's also he runs the nominating committee. Uh huh. And you may not know the name of the second guy. Do you know who he manages though? Famously. Um. Is this person in the hall? I'm assuming. It's a group. That's in the hall. Among many others, and he owns like a a huge management like firm, but famously he managed one of the biggest bands of all time. The Beatles. No, the <laughs> the Beatles manager is already in Brian Epstein, who who passed away in the sixties. But the first two managers to get in the hall were the Stones and the Beatles manager, which was Brian Epstein and Andrew Luke Oldham. And this these are the only two other ones that have been inducted. John Landau. And a guy who plays a pivotal role in the documentary History of the Eagles, Irving Azoff. Oh, yeah. I always think John Landau is someone else. When I think of John Landau, I picture John Larroquette. Who cares? Okay. And then Fair. when uh, you say Irving Azoff, I think of Isaac Asimov, the science fiction writer, Fair. every single time. I will never remember Irving Azoff, although maybe I will now. Who knows? Who knows I mean, what's possible for me? It'll come back up. I remembered that he that um the other guy, Landau, was Bruce mm-hmm. Springsteen's manager, which that only took 30 times. Yeah, it 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 burrowed its way into your head. Oh so, somehow. Here we go. Honestly, I'm not taking in much new information these days. So that might also be improving the sieve mm-hmm. as much as I hate to say it. There you go. <laughs> there is kind of rock hall news to report there has been basically nothing like i said since the announcement that there would just be a special instead of a ceremony but recently and this wasn't announced but more noticed which is that more members than just trent reznor are being inducted with nine inch nails oh is that that's big news who else was in nine inch nails just some other guys is the computer getting in their goth bot 5000 is being inducted with trent uh the most prominent is atticus ross who collaborates with trent reznor on a lot of uh soundtracks and movie scores those names too trent reznor atticus ross Ross. like they are at nine inch nails i mean it's it all goes together. I wonder if, is that, is that both of their real names? I believe so. But it's going to be, so yeah, originally when they announced it was just Trent Reznor, which I mean, like everyone kind of knows that Nine Inch Nails is just a Trent Reznor solo project. So I, th- I think that was fine. I mean, I know you advocate for Put them all in. Put them all in. I mean, whatever. Atticus sounds like a white guy though. So I don't really Yeah, they're, they're all white. Um, <laughs> 
the yeah. So there's six other members of Nine Inch Nails that are being inducted. Well, and Gothbot, even though Gothbot has no gender, they are very binary. Very true. By definition. Very good. I can't help myself. Maybe the, can't. the most notable thing is that one of the members of Nine Inch Nails, Alon Rubin, is 32. Whoa. So he will be the youngest inductee. Wait, so, the, so there's many people getting inducted? It's not just Atticus Finch the, Ross? The full list is Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, Alessandro Cortini, Robin Fink, Danny Lawner, Ilan Rubin, and Chris Vrenna. That's a lot of people to just slide in there when it was going to be just one, and Gothbot gets the... Gets the shaft. <laughs> gets the shaft once again, but that's, that's... What is that, six people, seven? It's six additional people. Do you, who do you think did that? Trent. You think it was Trent? He was I like, do. listen, he said, all of, have I ever told the story of how Kanye West at the SNL after party would not come into the after party without all of his dancers, without all of his ballerinas? Yeah, you, to me, at least, I don't know if on this podcast, but okay. there were a lot well, of them, right? Yes. And he was like, not without my ballerinas. And that's, this is Trent's not without my ballerinas moment. Yeah, which, all right. I mean, like, that's very um, generous. Yeah. He did not have to do that. And when you look at the official, like, who is a member of Nine Inch Nails, it has never been anyone, only, like, recently was Atticus Ross, like, okay, he's officially a member of Nine Inch Nails. Otherwise, it has just been Trent Reznor, you know, in terms of official credit. But these, a lot of these guys have been in the touring band, on and off for a long time and many of them I, I think every single one of them has played on recordings what i'm gonna try to remember the name of the guy from the cure that was the last one added and it was like not without in his name it's not deval patrick i know who that is but it was a name like that deval with deval patrick the politician yes i know that that's who it is but the name is like deval patrick i don't know if that's true but it's like Ronald. His 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 first name is a last name. Yeah, said weird though, right? The last name is kind of was said differently than the way we were pronouncing yeah. it. Okay, what was his name? I'm gonna say I'll say the first name and okay. you'll be able to get it. Reeves. Oh, Reeves Gabrell. There you go, Reeves Gabrell. Reeves Gabrell. Yeah. Right. Controversial because he had not played on a Cure album. He had just been with the touring band since 2012, which yeah. you know, uh, argu- very arguable. Hey, I mean, this other dude's only 32. How like how long's he been playing with Nine Inch Nails? Yeah, that he, <laughs> that like. dude. Yeah, it can't can't have been long since 2009. All right. Do you know, over 10 years. I also think too, this is just like another backdoor way of getting more white guys in the hall. And I don't really, I'm not into it. You know me, I'm like inductive mall. I don't really care, but I just am not about diluting the voting power of people of color as a general rule in any institution. And I feel that this is another Mm -hmm. way of that happening. Yeah, the only... So if you wanted to look for a silver lining is that generally these voters would be younger than the typical Rock Hall voter. But outside of that, there's not much of an upside. 
yes, they might be younger. And yes, we do hope that the youth will save us always. We're like, it's the young people who will change things. But they're also still white guys. And mm. the impetus to change must come from within. You know, here's hoping. Hey, here's hoping. That is a, that's a moderately silver lining. It's a dull silver lining. Yeah, very, very faint. Yeah. Um, wow. Wait, who noticed this? Was this all the buzz on Rock on Hall? Rock Hall Twitter? Twitter. <laughs> I believe it was. Uh, I saw it from Troy Smith, who is one of the only people who, one of the only journalists who follows the Rock Hall very year round. <laughs> yeah, like intently lives in Cleveland. Like usually has the scoop on shit. Uh, we should get him on the show. You know, I don't want to promise anything, but I have a feeling that may be happening soon. Ooh, all right. Why don't we take a quick break and we will return with more stuff to talk about. Welcome back. Um, Well, let's talk about what what we have planned for the next few weeks, kind of leading up to the ceremony. Uh, One of the things we want to do, we know it has been a long time since we have talked about anything, let alone these artists who are being inducted. So we are going to be revisiting the artists uh, individually on a per episode basis, just because it seems like an appropriate thing to do, just to get kind of back into the spirit of these artists who are going to be celebrated in November. And we will be talking to new people that we haven't talked to about these artists before so that we can get some fresh perspectives and you know it's not just completely rehashing although we will talk to some old friends but hopefully we will get some new voices in here also because we do the show via zoom now that kind of opens up the possibilities to talk to people that don't just live in los angeles which is exciting yes and you know it's a great way for me to remember who's being inducted weekly right (laughs) Uh, it's a great memory test for me yeah, I think it'll be really cool to hear. And also I'm interested to see what people think in this brave new world, both of like COVID and of racial justice and stuff, how people's perspectives of this class induction, you know, how people's perspective has changed or, you know, morphed about that. And also how the effect that the cooling off period has had too, because, mm-hmm. you know, we were at a strong simmer leading up we thought okay here we go see ya see ya in cleveland and then we turned it off and now we've got a i don't know at least for me i need to reignite any interest i have in in this yeah and i think that like looking at it through these new lenses and also how much has changed and how much has not absolutely so yeah it will be an interesting walk through memory lane (laughs) (laughs) it'll be a walk through something through the inductees and it will there's a lot of things that are new to consider i suppose also the fact that pushing back this ceremony has altered the normal schedule for the rock hall oh yeah because typically the nominating committee convenes in october and then they release the list of nominees and then the inductees are then announced the following year And then the ceremony happens sometime in the spring, which historically makes the inductees of a certain class, technically 26 years is the eligibility period, not 25, 
because the, let's say, Biggie, for example, mm -hmm. became eligible in 2019 to be nominated and then be inducted the following year. But if that doesn't happen over the progression of a year, then where does the 25 years, it like suddenly just automatically becomes 26? Or in the next year, do you fold in two years? Or are they going to try to cram in a nominating committee before the year is up just to keep that you know 25-year period consistent? I mean, literally, who cares? But, um, <laughs> but I, I truly, I truly could not care less. But I think it wouldn't be a bad idea for them to just combine them into two and then like get on a regular schedule almost. Do you know what I mean? Like make mm -hmm. it the nominating happen then in January and then the the ceremony happens, you know, in the fall or whatever, something like that. Another thing that you just reminded me of is how famously in person the nom the nomcom is, mm -hmm. and how they wouldn't like let people call in. I remember we've talked to people who've said, "Oh yeah, I didn't want to fly to New York, so I just emailed in my suggestions," or they wouldn't let me call in, and so mm -hmm. you know I just didn't go that year. They didn't more or less. If you can't come, on the hoagie, and I said, "I'm okay. out," you know. Yeah, if if you can't come to the nominating committee, you even if you are on the committee, it more or less nullifies your input because it seems like you need to be in the room to make your case. Which is very interesting too, because I think that's happening a lot with a lot of jobs and a lot of rules that we thought like had to only, and it's like, well, it's always been done this way. We get the big sandwich. We all sit around the table. We have the, the hat that we pass around and put our little <laughs> names in or whatever. Mm -hmm now we're realizing for so many different jobs in so many different ways that it wasn't necessary for us to meet in person and i wonder if maybe the hall could is it possible they could grow and change and hmm. learn this is a very curious question and also joe my other question for you is what would you have them do as far as this uh, question of the 25 years you know i would think See, I think it's there's already such a backlog that to then fold in two years together to consider for a new ballot, I think would complicate things. Just do what I suggested <laughs> at the beginning of the of of our break, which is they need to have a huge class. They need to have an all black or all people of color class that is over fifty percent female. And they need to make it like triple size or, or bigger. I don't care. Mm -hmm. And it's like fucking reparations, like do the thing. And we can all agree like 2020 has been, does 2020 even count as a year in a lot of ways? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Is it the 13th you know, floor of this century? Exactly. I mean, it really feels like it. That's an apt metaphor. And I mean, in some ways I felt this way with like kids and going to school. I'm just like, I don't know why everybody should just take the year and we'll yeah. pick it up when we figure this out. Like, why are we trying to do this? And I say that as someone who doesn't have children or has any, no stake in stake. this game. Yeah. But it does feel like this year is a bit of a, a wash. Yeah, I do think we. this is the 13th floor of history. And then maybe next year, instead of just trying to cram it all into one thing, Maybe they just expand what it means and really fucking do some, do some reparations, do some repairs and like make it good. 
that's a tall order for this institution. Oh yeah, I don't expect it to happen, but you know, I do want to be on record as having <laughs> yeah, supported that as a concept. Yeah, I agree. You know? And so what would you have them do then? You'd have them do it, just do the nominating at the end of this year? Yeah. I think so. It just to keep it keep it consistent. I mean, it would be weird to, you know, release a ballot and then I'm have... sorry, really quick though. Yeah, I, good. I, I, okay. So I'm, I was just thinking about this too, like with the surprises and kind of with social justice being on the minds of the country right now, especially of like musicians and artists and athletes and, you know, public figures. It is a shame that we're not going to get a George Bush doesn't care about black people kind of live moment that we will be robbed. Anything that is said in that regard is going to be prepared or at least at the very least, you know, approved. Less dangerous. Less dangerous, less exciting. It's going to be more sterile. Yeah. That is such a damn shame because I think it was really great when we had these artists, you know, talking about more black artists and more women getting inducted and stuff. And you could just feel it was very meaningful in these speeches. And if it's, if it feels sterile, if it feels prepared, it's not going to feel as meaningful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You lose, overall, you lose excitement when you don't have a live event and you might gain more polish but when was rock and roll at its greatest when it was polished disco <laughs> oh okay hold on <laughs> i think that hold might be second. the only answer <laughs> yeah right so yeah i mean that, that's a, that is a very very good point but we uh look forward to the next few weeks of revisiting these artists and talking to people old friends new voices and I think it's also worth noting we took a break uh, for the reasons that we took the break, but those reasons uh, still, even though we're resuming, they're still as uh, important as ever. Oh, yeah. That stands, honey. Black lives are going to matter from now till forever. And, you know, it's wild to, be, to imagine that I would have anything to say on the show at all. And it turns out that I do. So mm -hmm. I, I guess I am glad to be back kind of talking about it. I can't. I'm what a like, resounding uh, <laughs> burst of excitement. <laughs> you heard it here first. She's kind of excited, I guess. I guess I'm glad. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's a, you know, that's for this show and for, and for you, that's progress. I, it is. It I really think. is. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we also want to thank all the people who donated to Inner City Arts uh, to get access to our hidden secret exclusive <laughs> episode. Uh, but also, we, you know, we thank you more so for just contributing to that good cause, which is an organization here in Los Angeles that provides arts education to underserved youth. And our offer still stands if you donate to that organization and send us your receipt. Uh, we will give you access to our final quarantine playlist episode, which was of the class of 2011. So please go ahead and uh, do that if you haven't already and let us know and we will hook you up. I straight up forgot what the secret episode was. And I was like, is it the Christmas episode? <laughs> 
Oh, which is the, the we have people. a secret bonus Christmas episode that will never see the light of day if we can help it. But um, you you might hear it if we feel the need to punish you. <laughs> it is by no means a bonus. It, it is, is really terrible. <laughs> if you've wronged us, we will make you listen to it. Otherwise, <laughs> in the vault, for sure. Yeah, we wouldn't make anyone pay for that. <laughs> All right, well, let's, uh, let me remind everyone that if they would like to send their receipt or if they would just like to reach out to us, they can do that, rockhallpod at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at rockhallpod, same handle on Instagram. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Go ahead and rate and review us, five stars only, of course. Uh, thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo, Yusu Kim for the music. Thank you to Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. I'm Joe Kozala. I'm Kristen Stutter. And who cares about the rock hall? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.